98K News. Good afternoon. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. A vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong says he sees no end in sight to the anti-extradition protests, but he expects support to ebb. The giant travel firm Thomas Cook goes bankrupt, stranding passengers across the globe. And Israeli Arab lawmakers recommend that the opposition leader Benny Gantz be given the chance to form a government. A vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong, Lao Tzu Kai, says he sees no end in sight yet to the ongoing anti-extradition protests. But he believes support will ebb away as protesters disrupt MTR stations and shopping malls. On the effectiveness of the upcoming community dialogue session in Wan Chai this Thursday, Professor Lau says there's little one session can achieve, but at least it shows the government is back in business. 150 randomly selected citizens will be able to take part in the two-hour event. Since this uh, dialogue is properly broadcasted, that means the government in fact is not facing only 150 people, but facing the whole Hong Kong community. So I would say both the government and the uh, participants, particularly the opposition participants, will take advantage of this opportunity to tell the Hong Kong people what they want to, to tell them. So it is both opportunity and a challenge for the government. The 150 people only provide the, the platform for the government to address the Hong Kong people as a whole. At least four people have been arrested as police and demonstrators clash for yet another night, this time around the Prince Edward area. One of those arrested appeared to have been subdued with the help of an undercover officer holding a baton, who refused to give her identity. Protesters finally left the area around 2am. RTHK's Timmy Sung was there and sent this report. Mongkok police station became the latest flashpoints after night fell. Some 100 to 200 people, mostly clad in black, have been shining laser pointers and hurling verbal abuses at officers guarding the station. At least one beanbag round and what's thought to be a pepper spray based solution were used at people throwing objects at the station. Later, some people also set a rubbish bin, cardboard boxes, and other objects on fire outside the hangs and back on Prince Edward Road West. The MTR says train services and Airport Express in-town check-in services have returned to normal. Yesterday, the Airport Express only ran between the airport and Hong Kong Station, following online calls to disrupt transport to the airport, a previous target for anti-extradition protesters. Also yesterday, Sha Tin, Ching Yi, Kowloon, Kwai Fong, Prince Edward and Mong Kok stations closed due to the protests. A trainee lawyer accused of posting hate speech against the police on social media has been sworn in at the High Court and been given the green light to practice in Hong Kong. The Department of Justice had asked Alfred Chu for a response over a complaint that accused him of posting black cops and families go to hell on his Facebook page in late July. Mr Chu subsequently explained that the comment had been posted by his girlfriend and that it had since been deleted. The DOJ today told the High Court that Mr Chu's account had been accepted. A government-appointed inquiry looking into the Hongham Station construction scandal has adjourned a hearing after the MTR accused an expert report issued by the main contractor of causing procedural unfairness. A lawyer representing the MTR said the report issued by Leighton was aimed at exonerating the contractor. The Commission's chairman, Michael Hartman, said any threat to procedural unfairness should be taken seriously. He said he would allow time to study the matter. A general manager of Leighton, who was supposed to give evidence today, will now appear at a later date. The hearing will resume tomorrow. It's been a year since the opening of the high-speed rail link to Guangzhou and passenger numbers have persistently fallen short of the government's expectations. 
Authorities had originally estimated around 80,000 people a day would, on average, use the service. But as of last month, the number for weekdays was only 45,000, and for weekends, 62,000. In a statement, an MTR spokesperson said that while the link has seen a steady growth in passenger numbers, it would continue to boost business by providing discounted tickets and packages to cities like Guangzhou, Huizhou, and Guilin. Thomas Cook, the world's oldest travel travel firm, has collapsed, stranding hundreds of thousands of holidaymakers around the globe. The British company has 600,000 customers abroad, forcing governments and insurance companies to coordinate a huge repatriation effort. Tim Johnson is the director of Britain's Civil Aviation Authority. This is indeed a very sad day. Thomas Cook is a company that's been trading for 178 years, and therefore our thoughts are really with the many employees and passengers affected by today's collapse. What is really important that if you have a holiday booked, an out- outbound flight booked with Thomas Cook today from the UK, please don't go to the airport because unfortunately your flight has been cancelled. If you're overseas at the moment on a Thomas Cook holiday. We will be organising a repatriation program that is starting immediately. Thomas Cook's largest shareholder, Hong Kong-listed Fosun Group, had been trying to put together a rescue bid. It did not say whether it now planned to acquire Thomas Cook outright. Israeli Arab lawmakers have recommended that the opposition leader Benny Gantz be given the chance to form a government after last week's elections left no clear winner. It's the first time since 1992 that the Arab parties have backed a candidate for prime minister. Their leader is Ayman Odei. We usually do not endorse Israeli prime ministers, so without doubt there is an historical side to what we are doing now. We want to put an end to the era of Benjamin Netanyahu. Therefore, we'll endorse Benny Gantz to form the next government. Their support will not give Benny Gantz and his Blue and White Alliance a majority, but it will strengthen his hand in negotiations. The chairman of the U.S. House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, says the contents of a telephone conversation between President Trump and his Ukrainian counterpart could be grounds for Mr. Trump's impeachment. Mr. Schiff said that if it were proven that Mr. Trump pressured Volodymyr Zelensky to investigate the Democratic presidential frontrunner Joe Biden, impeachment would be the only option. President Trump has defended his July phone call with President Zelensky. As far as my conversation was perfect. It was a perfect conversation. Couldn't have been any better. But we'll、uh, make a determination about、uh, how to release it, releasing it, saying what we said. The problem is, when you're speaking to foreign leaders, you don't want foreign leaders to feel that they shouldn't be speaking openly and good. You have to be talking to people. And the same thing for an American president. Meanwhile, tens of thousands of Indian Americans have attended a rare joint rally by President Trump and the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in Houston, Texas. The gathering was described as the largest ever reception for a foreign leader in the U.S. other than the Pope. The BBC's Brajesh Upadhyay was there. Indian tricolour fused with stars and stripes, and a bipartisan delegation of members of Congress at the stage presented the perfect setting for this eye-popping political spectacle. For all the love between the two leaders, the two countries have engaged in some acrimonious tit-for-tat battle over trade and tariffs. But in Houston, it was all about the positives. While this joint rally testifies to the growing importance of U.S.-India relations, there are many who believe the Modi-Trump equation may still struggle with the competing narratives of India first and America first in the coming days. 
The American Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said the United States wants to give diplomacy a chance in its standoff with Iran. The U.S. has blamed Iran for an attack on a Saudi oil complex and has ordered more troops to the Gulf, prompting Iran to warn that foreign forces threaten regional security. Mr. Pompeo said reinforcements were defensive. The head of the company which owns a British flag tanker seized by Iran in July says he's been informed that the vessel may be released today. Eric Hanel is chief executive of the Swedish company Stena Balk, which owns the Stena Impero. We understand that the political decision that the ship will be released has already been made. So we are hoping to get there within the next few hours, but we don't want to presume anything until we can see the ship sail out and leave Iranian territorial waters. The vessel was seized two weeks after an Iranian tanker was held off Gibraltar. Estonia has reacted angrily to Russia's celebration of the anniversary of the capture of Tallinn by Soviet troops during the Second World War as a liberation. The Estonian foreign minister said Estonia was occupied by both Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia during the war and the so-called liberation was an occupation that lasted nearly 50 years. The United Nations says the impact of climate change has been felt worldwide in an unprecedented manner in the last five years. A report released ahead of the UN Climate Summit says a faster temperature increase has led to extreme weather events felt in all the continents. Sea levels are also rising more quickly and there's been an abrupt decline in the ice sheets. Lena Srivastava is the co-chair of the Climate Science Advisory Group. We are at risk of crossing several critical tipping points in the planetary systems. And uh, I think there's also in the science community a greater recognition of the fact that climate impacts are hitting harder and sooner than what climate assessments had estimated almost a decade ago. Meanwhile, the United Nations says Gabon will be the first African country to be rewarded for preserving its rainforest in an effort to fight climate change. Norway will pay Gabon 150 million US dollars over 10 years for reducing deforestation and preserving its natural forests so they can absorb carbon dioxide. Almost 90% of Gabon is rainforest. Gabon's Minister of Environment, Lee White, told the BBC more about the deal. The agreement we're signing with Norway is a sort of a confirmation of the efforts that Gabon has made over the last 10 to 15 years of getting deforestation under control and of using sound, sustainable forestry to both to preserve the Congo Basin forest but also to reduce carbon emissions. Italian police have charged a man with culpable homicide after he shot and killed his own father during a boar hunt. The younger man raised the alarm after he realised he'd opened fire on his father as they stalked prey separately in a national park in the province of Salerno, where hunting is banned. European car makers are warning that the industry faces a seismic shockwave costing billions of dollars and threats to millions of jobs if Britain leaves the EU without a deal at the end of next month. The European car industry relies on integrated zero-tariff supply chains within the EU's customs union. To uh, finance news, a short while ago the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,207. That's 228 points down on the previous close. In currencies, the euro... The euro is trading at 1.1 US dollars, the yen is at 107.72 to the US dollar and the pound is worth 9.78 Hong Kong dollars. Sports news now and here's Atom Chung.
We start with football in the English Premier League, where Liverpool have maintained their perfect start to the season. Jurgen Klopp's team regained their five-point lead at the top after holding on for a 2-1 win at Chelsea. The BBC's John Murray reports from Stamford Bridge. The leaders withstood considerable late Chelsea pressure to match their start to last season of six consecutive league victories. The platform was laid in the first half as Trent Alexander-Arnold lashed in the opening goal after a cutely worked free kick and then played a part as Roberto Firmino headed in for 2-0 from a Robertson cross. In between times for Chelsea, Abraham had a very good chance saved. Aspilicueta had a goal ruled out for offside by VAR. But after Kante thrillingly shot a goal back with 20 minutes to go, Chelsea pushed hard for the equaliser but Liverpool held out for what is their 15th consecutive Premier League victory. West Ham beat Manchester United 2-0 thanks to goals from Andre Yarmolenko and Aaron Cresswell at Linden Stadium. The result lifts West Ham above United into fifth in the table. A goal in injury time from Diogo Jota rescued a point for Wolves at Crystal Palace. It finished one all at Selhurst Park. Ten-man Arsenal twice came from behind to beat Aston Villa 3-2 at the Emirates. Goal scorer Callum Chambers was happy his team came through. It was a sloppy first touch and I felt like I had to put things right. Luckily I did, I got a goal and you know the team stuck in there, worked very hard and yeah, we deserved the win in the end. To baseball, the Houston Astros have clinched the American League West division and they did it in some style. George Springer cracked three home runs as the Astros crushed the Los Angeles Angels 13-5 behind another solid start by their star pitcher Justin Verlander, who picked up his league-leading 20th win. In the National League, the St. Louis Cardinals have clinched a playoff spot by beating the Chicago Cubs 3-2 to complete their first four-game sweep at Wrigley Field in almost a century. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich has been watching the Cubs collapse in Chicago. It's been a devastating week for sure, capped off by a crushing weekend as the Chicago Cubs lose six consecutive games at Wrigley Field, including, as you just mentioned, four straight to the National League Central division-leading St. Louis Cardinals. It's this September meltdown by the Cubs, yearly reminiscent and all too familiar for fans, as the Cubs have historically collapsed in September as the playoffs loom. They've done it again this year, and it reminds me of 1969 when the Cubs had a two-game lead over the Mets. I was at that doubleheader. The Mets swept the Cubs, and they went on to win the World Series. The L.A. Dodgers beat the Colorado Rockies 7-4 for their 100th win on the season. Hyunjin Ryu pitched seven strong innings and helped out the offense by hitting a home run. The Dodgers have reached 100 wins for the second time in three seasons. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And that's the news in sport from RTHK. The government is conducting a public consultation on the 2019 policy address. Please share your views on different policy areas. We are willing to listen and engage. For details, please visit the website www.policyaddress.gov.hk. The Lands Department has extended the one-off Squatter Occupants Voluntary Registration Scheme until October 31st, 2020. If you have been living since May 10th, 2016 or earlier in a licensed non-domestic structure or a squatter structure recorded for non-domestic uses in the 1982 squatter survey, you may apply for registration. 
After completing registration, you can apply for compensation or rehousing if the relevant squatter structure is affected by the government's development clearance in future. For details, please call 2231-3392. Monday. Welcome to the week. Well, you probably already started the week. Welcome to the afternoon of the beginning of the week. I'm Cruz McCalligan and you're listening to the 123 show on RTHK Radio 3. How was your weekend? Good? Everyone nice to each other out there? Hope so. It was a beautiful weekend, wasn't it? My goodness. The weather was like this all year round. I think I'd just be a happier person. We've got a busy show today and we're going to be starting at 1.30 by celebrating 